What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister station, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio uh, for any of the magical stuff that happens in our week-to-week, day-to-day, month-to-month lives. This is Corey DLG, and with me uh, pretty much all the time is uh, little brother Nico. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm never here. Allegedly. 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 Allegedly, I'm here. Um, that reminds me of uh, one of the very first Chappelle Show sketches. Is um, when, like, <laughs> he, uh, he, he complains about the real world on MTV. He's like, they always show one black person surrounded by, like, seven white people. And he's like, I don't know if y'all know this, but white people are crazy. So then it always sound, it always makes the black person look like they're going crazy. So we're gonna flip it and we're gonna put we're gonna put one white couple in uh in the real world with seven black people. And then like <laughs> it, it, it's it's so funny because at one point the guy, the, it's their couple, so it's a guy and a girl. And at one point, the guy is accusing one of the roommates of sleeping with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes, Tyrone, I think you slept with my girlfriend. And he was like, allegedly. And she was like, Tyrone, no, we did sleep together. And he's like, right, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> and she was like, no, we did. And he's like, right. Allegedly, Allegedly. <laughs> uh, I'll never. I'll remember that forever. And then they shank him in the uh, in the kitchen. Good for him. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> oh man. Um. So we've been away for a little while. There's lots to talk about. We can. We're gonna. We're gonna get into Sean Watson, who now is up to twenty two accusers. But don't worry. Today, uh, yesterday, his defense team um, released a rather large press packet that was full of affidavits from um, masseuses who have gone on the record with the defense that Deshaun Watson did, in fact, not sexually assault them. Yep, because that's how we prove our innocence. That's Look right. At these people. That man. Man, that is the best defense I've ever had. Whenever I murder someone, because it'll happen eventually, I'm just going to put out a, a, a document with all people. Like, look, I didn't kill these guys. Right. They're well, perfectly and, alive. And to be fair, though, you have to have those guys agree that you haven't killed them. Right, yeah. That's how it works, okay? That's proof, okay? That's proof. It's proof there I didn't murder is. anyone. Yeah. Because the entire population of the world is still alive, I have yet killed anyone. <laughs> So, so that happened yesterday. Um, That's like the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Nothing says you did it more than look at all these people I didn't do it to. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we're that's gonna like, get into that's it. like we're, worst move ever. <laughs> we're gonna get into it. We'll uh, we'll get into it. But um, also baseball. Uh, the season opener is okay. Well, this isn't helpful because baseball schedule is weird, and every team doesn't play on opening day. Like at the NFL. They'll do like a showcase game, and then they're like, "Okay, and on Sunday, everybody else plays." Uh, Major League Baseball. Um, if you remember, a couple years ago, they literally had opening day in Japan 
the week before they opened the season for everyone else. Um, you know, time zones. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so baseball basically opening day is this weekend. Um, so we'll talk about the Astros a little bit and what their chances are and where it seems like the talking heads have got them placed this year. Um, and then if, you know, if we really get desperate, we can talk about the Rockets losing. I think at this point it's 23, it's 22 out of the last 23 games. Um, and then also the, yeah, um, March Madness, we're down to the final four. And two teams are Texas teams, U of H and Baylor, who play this weekend. Um, and they square off against um, Cinderella Story, UCLA, and uh, Gonzaga, who's just been a slow-moving tank that no one can really do anything about. So we can appreciate that kind of strategy. They... um. I got a chance to watch the, the – we'll, we'll do this real fast. We're not going to spend a lot of time on college basketball. We all know how we feel about college sports. Um, yeah. Um, so I watched the first half of the Gonzaga game, including a scary moment where a referee collapsed on the court. Oh, God, that's terrifying. It, it really was out of the blue, and, like, the TV people were kind of like, what do Ooh. we do? Stop <laughs> like, um, the commercial. <laughs> they, went to, they went to, like, three commercial breaks. Um, and then they came back to him, like trying to be cute and funny with his arms crossed on the stretcher as they, um, but like sitting up on it as they wheeled him off the court. Um, allegedly he refused to go to the hospital. They kept him in the back and just had him hooked up to a bunch of machines and monitored him for like the rest of the game. Right. And they splashed water on his face. They tell him to walk it off. Like what happened to him? Hopefully he's okay. Um, everything, all indications are he's, he's, he's fine. Nobody necessarily said what caused it. I've been thinking, so I saw it happen literally live. We're sitting there, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, oh, so, oh, this is, oh, here's a scary moment. Um, You know, there's a lot of stuff that can happen with the human body where basically everyone just goes, well, but you feel good now, right? Um, Basically, if you're not hooked up to a machine monitoring everything when you do pass out, People don't generally know what it is that caused it. They can make a guess. Yeah. But maybe he just hadn't eaten. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, or it could be copious amounts of drugs. Who knows? Or just anything. And so it definitely was a weird moment. Uh, However, uh, Gonzaga is just, they come out and they play such a high level of defense. So they beat USC. USC came into this into this game. Gonzaga is mostly uh, they're built around their center, who's a senior, and then for the most part, they're sophomores and juniors, a little bit of experience. Um, USC, their pair of guards, their pair of guards that are starting are seniors, and then the rest of the team is freshman recruits. USC is a high level level high enough level program that they're consistently going to be a young team. Mm-hmm. Um, Gonzaga just plays such consistent, aggressive defense early in games that they just break your heart. And they, and they, within the first five minutes of basketball, it was, I mean, it was like a 10 point, 12 point lead. 
Oof. Like it was just very fast. There were just turnovers after turnover. With the, the the first three USC possessions were turnovers. Oh man, that's rough. So like you get out there and you're like, okay, well, let's get the basket. Let's get this game going. And it's just turnover basket, turnover basket, turnover basket. Like you, 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 yeah, you're like, let's get this bread. Oh god, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so fast. Like what happened to us? And so that's kind of Gonzaga's game right now. And their center is. He's good. He's 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 a quality he's a quality guy. Now, when you say somebody's good in college basketball, there's there's two measures of that, and nobody exemplifies that better than Baylor, where they have a guy on the team who is a college all star. He is the he is the best player on the team. Uh, at a if you measure things by collegiate basketball standards, however. Mm-hmm. Also on the team is the top NBA prospect or one of the top NBA prospects in college basketball this year. And so there's two types of good. Uh, Gonzaga's center is the type of good that right now he is destroying teams. Is he a draft pick? I mean, he's probably drafted, but not relevant in the league. He's a big, slow white dude who plays a lot in the middle. That's not going to happen in the in the NBA. They just don't right now they don't do it. So he better learn how to shoot a three. Um but yeah, so Gonzaga just they just I mean they just smother you. Like it was just but I think I think going into the half they were up nineteen. Ooh. And I said, Okay, well, I don't really need to watch the rest of this. Um and so I went about my business. Um so they won that game three hundred to four. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to go back and at least look at what the final score was, but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Even if they, even if USC closed it up a little bit and they only lost by like seven, it doesn't matter because it, they weren't in the game. Like it wasn't a threat at any time. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at us. We made four baskets in a row. It's like, yeah, and you're still eight behind. And it's like, yep, <laughs> yeah. you're still double digits down. So good luck with that. Um, like, and that's the, and that's the thing. Like you always tell me, game like basketball is a game of runs, and I and I believe you. But when that runs, when you're starting that run from so far behind, like if you get tripped at all, like you just stop moving. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, now in the NBA, when the game is set up in quarters, what a coach will tell you when you're down big is if you're only down ten points at the start of a fourth quarter. Then it then you're well within reach because that is what the swings kind of look like, like that's what that's what runs look like ten to twelve points. So if you can get a if you can put a, a good run together early in the fourth quarter, now you're tied and now you're back in it kind of a thing. But college basketball is just such a different animal because they play halves. Yeah, it's um, a wildly different. It, like you're just on the court forever, forever and ever and ever. And when you get into it. If you come into a half 19 down and you tell yourself, okay, if we can close this to 10 points in the first 10 minutes, you start doing this weird mental geometry to it. And it just. Right. And you're like, well, we need to score at least a point a minute. So if we divide that and you're doing algebra and you're like, oh, God. And it just doesn't feel the same. Also, with college sports, it's just a, a different animal. Um, it's unfortunate that U.S. or that uh, Baylor and U of H are playing this weekend it'd be nice to see so if i remember my brackets correctly 
they're coming out of the South and the Midwest. Um, I believe U of H is in the, is, is in the South, the Southern Conference. I'm not sure how Baylor technically is the Midwest, but it might just be because of what conference they're in. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Texas is massive anyways. Texas is massive, but we're not Midwestern. We're not big enough to be the Midwest. Um, by that logic, like if we were any bigger, we'd be the Pacific. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the Midwest means the middle of the country. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's us. <laughs> it's also us. From Mexico to Canada, baby. That's us. <laughs> like old Texas. Like we yeah. draw our district lines like. Like we just like we just seceded from Mexico, so we go all the way up, <laughs> like through Montana. Like, how yeah. is Texas this big? You know what you did. Um, <laughs> it is it, it is unfortunate though that USC or that uh, U of H and Baylor are are matched up this weekend, but it'll be exciting. But Baylor is a team that consistently recruits well. Is sort of uh, I think even two or three years ago they were in the, the Elite Eight. So they're, they're sort of a team that's been trending this way for a while. U of H has two, to be fair. they've they've, But their run feels a little more meteoric. Um, I would say they're the Cinderella story of the Final Four. If it wasn't for... Uh, who did I say? Uh, Michigan? UCLA? The 11 seed. I think it's UCLA. The 11 seed that has come through... Um, and beat Michigan. That's who it was. It was UCLA and Michigan was also yesterday. And UCLA, the 11 seed, is still alive. Yeah, let's go. So they're obviously the Cinderella story. But it doesn't – I'm guessing that they just get just slow. You know that scene in Saving Private Ryan when uh, the German and the American soldier are fighting in the, in the bar upstairs and, and it gets to a knife – and the two of them are fighting over one knife, and the German gets the upper hand and like slow pushes the knife in on the guy. Mm-hmm. That feels like what Gonzaga is going to look like there. Unfortunate. Like it'll be an, a slow, painful murder scene. That's going to be that basketball game. Um, you, like anybody just checking in on the score will be like, okay, Gonzaga's up two. Gonzaga's up eight. Gonzaga's pulled away. What is that? I can't even do the math. Is that 30 points? Why is Gonzaga up so much? What are they doing? Have they given <laughs> the ball to the other team? What's happening? Um, like it's, I think it's going to be one of those kind of games. Um, but listen, a Final Four appearance out of the blue is always always nice. Puts money in the pockets. Boosters, boosters come back to the program. People get excited again. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, but every run ends somewhere. He says, questioning the power of the 11 seed. I mean, look, maybe they, maybe they win it all, but that would be one of those things where, like, you bet a lot like, of money. It's not, it's not a, it's not a Disney movie unless you start at the bottom. You come up to, you come up to the semifinals, you get slaughtered in semifinals, and you don't make it to finals. Wow, is that a Disney movie? That is depressing. No, it's not. But it, I forget what movie it was. It was. It was on like Amazon or something. It was a really sweet movie, but like it's like this like ragtag group of like Girl Scouts, <laughs> and like they go up like they go up the chain and like oh you think they're actually gonna make it like they're like 
they're like the the scrappy ones and they finally like they make it to the competition after all this strife uh they they like get knocked out in like round three and you're like oh no (laughs) (laughs) and you're like where's my happy ending yeah wait a minute that's sort of like uh so on apple i watched uh ted lasso Mm -hmm. and i for those who haven't seen it it's been on apple tv for a year now so get your life right um it's a phenomenal show. It's totally worth watching. However, at the end of the season, uh, they lose. So, like it, it. Well, now I don't want to watch it. You've ruined it. It ends me. on this weirdly bittersweet note. There's a lot of story to it that makes it great, but it's very weird. Like to see it. Like it was a weird feeling watching a show where they were just like, and they lose. <laughs> You're like, what? That's not what happens. <laughs> Yeah, and then they lose. That's not how my stories go. But it is it is what happened there. It's what happened there. Um all right, so that was college basketball. We did real good there. Um good job, buddy. De- devastated. <laughs> well let's talk uh, let's talk Astros. We'll talk opening day here. Um opening month. Opening month. Opening year. So we now live in the post Springer era of the of the Astros. And this, this is the beginning of the deconstruction of this team. Um, Springer didn't, didn't exactly break the bank with his contract. It wasn't one of those 10 year, $400 million deals. Um, He basically got $25 million a year. Uh, to go to Toronto of all places, um, that kind of tells yeah. me that he did. Either the Astros didn't want him, or that he really wanted out. And I don't know which it is. I'm not in a spot where I can tell you wholeheartedly which one it is. But it definitely, it definitely feels like it's one or the other. And I don't know why that would be. Um, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the cheating scandal. The non-cheating scandal. Well, but you know, maybe my opinions. My opinions are strong. Maybe, but the reality is, on everything I've read about that, the players are the reason that happened. So, like, may you might be listen. You might be one hundred percent right in the sense that, like, he can't believe that the rest of his teammates wanted to do that. But when they say that the players were a big part of it. Like, Springer was the leader in that locker room, so, like, it's really hard to believe that he... Maybe he's just trying to save face. I don't know. Baseball's one of those dumb... I should say, it's the only one. It's the dumb gentleman sport that's like, yeah. oh, you didn't do that. Oh. Ooh, no. Oh, it, it you is... didn't follow the unwritten rules. Oh. It is foolish in that regard. I just, I don't know... I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things that, like, I don't know if it's an unwritten rule thing or if he just wanted to leave or there was just disagreements. And look, maybe because we had to get an entire, like, new, basically new head staff because they fired everyone. Right. And, like, maybe he just didn't like them and he's like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'll just go somewhere else, make some money, and then retire. I don't know. Well, and, and to be like, fair, all of these are real possibilities. They are. So the, the conversation has been. That we we had so many good young players that we were going to lose two or three to keep the other ones, mm-hmm. and that's kind of always been the conversation. But Springer is the first one to go. 
Um, Jose Altuve signed a kind of affordable extension um, a few years back before the World Series, if I remember correctly. Um, he signed like a four-year, $8 million a year extension coming off of his rookie money. Um, Bregman did kind of a similar thing uh, where he typically in baseball, because they chase it so late in their career that their players are thrilled to get to that free agency year. Mm -hmm. Bregman delayed free agency by two years, but got, I think it was like a hundred million dollars from the Astros. um, But at a really affordable rate for them, like in the $20 million a year range where, He'll be one of those guys that'll command more than that in salary when he comes to free agency. Right. So they already saved money a couple of times, which kind of made me think that they might try to keep a guy like Springer. Maybe they give him a, like a three-year, $75 million deal, and it's right in the same numbers and ballpark and range of the Toronto deal. But instead, he goes to Toronto for six years, $150 million. Um and it's $25 million a year, and that's where I'm a little bit surprised is that the per year isn't like a big crazy number, but I guess that would have made him the third or fourth Astro making real money that wasn't a pitcher. Like Zach Greinke makes a lot of money. Uh, they did sign Lance McCullers to a five-year $85 million extension, but that was just this week. Uh, Verlander's on the last year of his $32 million deal or whatever it is. Um so, yeah, there are – it was a bit of a surprise to see him go to Toronto for so little money. And I'm using hand quotes there, considering he's a star of Major League Baseball. Now, he's not Mike Trout, uh, Bryce Harper-level star, but he's our mini version of that. Right. And so that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Carlos Correa – announced at the start of this basically a week ago he he said contract negotiations aren't going well uh the numbers they put down haven't been the numbers he's looking for so more than likely he will enter into free agency at the end of the season now he's the he's kind of the piece to watch um because i think they feel like they can replace springer uh in the short term by by re-signing guys like Mitchell Bradley and in they brought in some other younger outfielders and I think they feel like they can in the aggregate replace the presence of Springer in numbers. Mm-hmm. But losing Carlos Correa's defense would be a problem. Um right. also him and Altuve have just been amazing in the middle for us. Yeah, that that would be the hard restart that I don't think that they're prepared to do. Now, granted, he's been injury prone, which may be pulling our offer number down, and that may be part of the issue. Is that he's like, hey, I'm a twenty-five to thirty-five million dollar guy, and they're like, yeah, but you won't play the whole season, right? You would be if you did, but you don't. So we're a little bit closer, maybe to. And I haven't, I haven't, I have no idea what the offer is, but I bet it's between eighteen and twenty-five a year. And, yeah, um, and I'm imagining that he's hoping for probably between 30. twenty-five and thirty, thirty-five, somewhere in that range. Um, right. That's really 
the place to watch it because if we lose Correa and lose Springer, then what we've built is Bregman, Altuve, and then we're kind of starting over on the infield outfield. Like our 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 bats are kind of starting over as far as the youth movement. Now we don't have that exciting group of young prospects that we did seven years ago because those guys have come up now. Like <laughs> we we've come to the end of what a bunch of young guys. <laughs> right. Those guys are now veteran in, in major league baseball players. Um, the, the ones that are behind them are a little more normal. It seems like, and you never know when somebody comes in. Um, our rotation though, isn't terrible. Is that Granky leading off? It's probably our worst rotation since the world series, but it's not, it's not like unwinnable or garbage. <laughs> yeah. Except we just don't have that true ace. Although Lance McCullers, has the potential to kind of keep develop. He's been growing every year. So I think they I think they kind of feel like him and Granky together and then also uh our left hander uh Fromber Valdez was just a, a, a fun name. Uh he broke his ring finger literally at the start of this month. He's out indefinitely, but I mean he should be back in the next few weeks. Um and then hopefully he goes comes back to form. He was looking pretty good. So if you go, if if it's Grinky, McCullers, and Fromber, you have a pretty good front half of your rotation that if the bats come alive this year, you know, if you're hitting well and pitching well, that's kind of the whole point. Right. But this on paper, this is definitely uh, our worst team since the World Series. Unfortunately. And the talking heads have really kind of projected us in that range. Uh, are, they're projecting our lineup to be 11th best in Major League Baseball. They're projecting our pitching to be, you know, 10th to 8th best in Major League Baseball. Um, so what you're telling me is there's a chain. <laughs> yeah, when they're putting you in the top third of the league. You're still not dis- – you're not necessarily disrespected. Um it's one of those things where everyone's so good that everyone's close enough to where, and especially considering these are just projections. Um, but like, okay, they've got us behind like Philadelphia and Boston. Um, those teams were probably pretty similar to in structure and roster build. So it's just going to depend on what team hits. If we hit and they don't, or if we pitch and they don't, or, or they do and we don't like. Yeah, depending on how how it, how it pans out. Yeah, but we're in that group of teams. Like, yeah, maybe we're not, we're the tenth team on paper. But if we actually hit and they don't, maybe suddenly we're the sixth yeah. best team in baseball, and and you got a shot. Right, it goes from eh, to oh yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, you know, but there is just some. It's hard to be hopeful for sports in Houston. The Astros, while it hasn't been all good news. It's okay. We're about to enter the era where we're, we're bad at everything again. But that's just it. We may not be. We may not be. The The Astros are the only team that, that are set up to give you any kind of hope that we're not. Um, now, Justin Verlander is still gone from injury. It's a 12- to 14-month rehab, and he got the surgery the end of September last year. So... 
in theory, if we made the World Series, he'd be back for that. He could but... maybe pitch a couple innings in it. But it would be the first time Ooh. he's pitched in a year. Right. So, um, But I'm curious what's going to happen with him. He's a guy who's in his mid-30s. Um, will be finishing the last year of his giant contract literally on injury, mending. Uh, he's he's married to a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model who they now have two kids together. Uh, how much fire is in the tank? How much, how much does he feel like he has to prove at this point? He's got a World Series ring. Uh, yeah, does he just does he just like all right, guys? It's been real. Then retire. Like no one would be like, "Oh man, why would you do that?" No, a lot. Of, a lot of people thought when he left early like when he got hurt. Yeah, when he left early with the elbow injury, that that was the last we were ever going to see of Dustin Verlander. And I don't know that they're necessarily wrong. That's going to be one of those wait and see kind of situations. Um, Listen, Kate Upton still looks amazing. Uh, there was I don't remember where she was at just the other day that she was some sort of public event and they showed a picture of her and I was like, Kate Upton looking looking good. I guess Kate Verlander. I don't know how they do that. Um, they do the hyphenated thing. I don't know. A, a lot of famous people just keep going by whatever the name the name that already is known. Uh, That's true. Now is that the real name at this point? I have no idea. Um, but like, yeah, man, if Justin Verlander just wants to stay home at this point with his hundreds of millions of dollars and his supermodel wife, like, pretty much everyone's going to be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. The list of people who, who are like, Justin Verlander's a hater or a quitter, pretty short list. Yeah. Um, but I do sort of suspect that he will be trying to come back, um, Will he push that all the way to the point where he gets on the pitching mound? I don't know. I've always said this. We've had this conversation numerous times. Rehabilitation is a hard, mentally exhausting process. Uh, You can't make the body heal faster, and so you just kind of have to take it as you go. Will he have the patience and mental fortitude to get through it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. And even when and even when he's on the other side of it, is he gonna look between like do it again or go home with wife and children? Right. Yeah. When he, well, that's what I'm saying about like if he's trying to train to come back all the way to exactly where he was before so that he can keep playing. Right. That's a that's that's a process that's not not for the faint of heart. It's gonna be tough. Right. Um and so yeah, I don't I mean he may look up at in the middle of doing it and just go, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, all that aside, when we come back, we're going to go ahead and break down the Deshaun Watson defense. We'll talk about this, this case a lot more. We'll get into in depth here. We'll kind of lay out what I think has got to be the, the, the legal strategy here. I don't know. All right, we'll get into it here on uh, Nerd Thug Sports. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, 
gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, the Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventurers League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Alright, welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports right here on 104.5, 106.1, sister stations. And uh, it's a lovely Thursday afternoon. Coming up on like that uh, 240-ish feeling, you know what I'm saying? It's almost... Uh, it's almost Friday, guys. Stay with us. Stay with us. Uh, Nico, before we get into anything, go ahead and tell our friends about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Right. Our friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more, are open and at full operating hours. Can you believe the month of March is already over? They have no. some events rolling back up. Saturday, April 3rd, is the Pokemon Casual Meetup. At 2 p.m. and at 6 p.m. is Hammer Time. Warhammer and Tabletop Warhammer meetups are back in action. The Adventure Begins Comics Games and More is a wonderful store with fantastic staff, great lighting, family friendly, and all kinds of stuff. They got all your war gaming, all your gaming and comic book needs met there. Uh, you get your books there. Your books are on the shelf still, I believe so. The, uh, they are. They are selling well, though. I just was in the store uh, two days ago now, and when I went in, I was surprised. The first issue of DMA, uh, I want to say, I want to say they bought ten or fifteen copies, and they are down to two. Ooh, flying off the shelves. So about to be uh, sold out. Yeah, they will be by the time by the time issue two comes out here in probably about five weeks, six weeks. Uh, the Kickstarter just completed. We're cleaning up the pages. We're getting we're polishing everything off, getting everything done. Um, by the time issue two comes back from the printers, yeah, they'll they'll be sold out, and it, it's going to start getting real hard to find that first issue in places. Remember that I'll have a collectible for when you blow up. That's right. Get it graded. <laughs> that would be the weirdest day ever. But listen, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna make money off of your back. <laughs> listen, and you're gonna help me do it. That's right. I'm due for you, buddy. I'll I'll come through for you. Um, <laughs> I'll put your kids through college. How about that? There you go. Um, but yeah. So I also get my books there. I got a pull box. I get a discount. Um, you guys should too. I'll tell you one thing though. I just had a conversation with Mister Bill. Um, Diamond Comics need to get their stuff together because I still haven't been able to get my House of X Powers of X action figures. What is this tomfoolery? And I'm a little annoyed. Uh, obviously not the Avengers because this is not their fault. Uh, but I'm a little annoyed just because they're already out. Um, are they are they out in like the wild? Yeah, yeah, not the wild, but like if you order if you do any business with Hasbro, they've already they already sold and shipped them. Mm-hmm. So if you go direct through Hasbro, they're already out in the wild. But 
Diamond is just like, nah. Yeah, Diamond hasn't shipped shipped them to stores yet. And I'm just kind of annoyed by that, honestly. Honestly. Um, it's all right, though. It's okay. I'll live. I'll live. I'll live. He says begrudging Diamond for their lack of action figure delivery systems. Well, they're in a they're in a world where anyway. This isn't necessarily nerds like sports, but uh, they uh. So Marvel just announced that they're going to Penguin House Publishing for everything. Man, getting beat by the Schoolastic Kings themselves. So they already were working with them for graphic novels. And DC is already using a different distributor. Um, so this may be... This may be the death of Diamond. Wow. Uh, it, uh, it's definitely going to require some massive changes for them to continue in the industry. Uh, one of the big reasons why is Penguin is free shipping no matter what. Ooh. Uh, yeah. No. And, and Diamond, meanwhile... Is like, and, in an unrelated conversation, a store owner may have told me that shipping is almost 10% of their bill. Right. Well, shipping books is heavy. They're hard to ship. So for Penguin to be doing free shipping, because they're a massive, he's like, it doesn't matter if I order one book or or 100, it's free shipping from Penguin. Um, That's because this is all they do. It's because because they have a whole warehouse integrated for this. And Diamond should as well, but Diamond isn't. This is this is what happens. Your titans get lazy and then get slaughtered by people that have been here for even longer. This analogy was bad. Well, um, better analogy, Kramer from the you know stock market shows and all that. Um, he said, uh, you know, bears eat, bulls, you know, struggle, but pigs get fed to the slaughter. Um, and that's that's he was talking about GameStop, but that's kind of the the story of Diamond is they weren't a bear, they weren't a bull, they were a pig here by the end of it. They they weren't, yep. They were no longer they were they became complacent in their own death because they they were no longer interested in being an aggressive growing they were, company. They became they were no longer they became a monopoly and basically were like okay, so we're dusted their hands and they're like all right we're done all we have to do now is the bare minimum essentially and they weren't even very good at that so like i said it's going to require a lot of change on their part um we definitely are going to talk about this tomorrow on nerd thug radio how's that for a tease from 2 to 3 p.m come hang out with us we had a lot to talk about on there uh i sat down and i watched all of uh, the first three episodes of the invincible animated series Oh, I have um, to get on there. I need to you, still steal my sister's things. Nico, I'm telling you, when we hang up the phone, you need to text Victoria. Okay, I will. Uh, it's the first... So do you know anything about the Invincible storyline? Uh, I know a little bit from Bits and Bobs that you've told me, but not much else. So one of the, one of the, one of the big story beats early on that, that they're going to have to get to in the show is that the dad's a supervillain. What? Now he's obviously Superman. And he's protecting the world, but what you don't know is he's not protecting it so much as claiming it as his own from the rest of the cosmos. Um, and that's a pretty good twist. Um, but in the first episode of this series, they show a key moment in that storyline, uh, and they did deliver it so amazing. 
you need to by the time we re by the time we're in studio tomorrow have watched the first episode. I'll 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 give it a I'll give it a shot. I was already it was already on the list, but now now I have now I'm excited to actually get to it. Yeah, you absolutely you got to check it out because it's it's they do a great job with the, with the show, but the in the last five minutes of the first episode, you'll understand what I'm saying. Where it, they've set a, a great tone for this story, and we'll be able to talk about it tomorrow. Um, but talking about setting a tone and having a good idea, um, just talk about bad ones. Yeah. Now, at this point, it's going to be lines in the sand. Who do you believe? Deshaun Watson or Tony Busby? Who's more credible to you? Um, personally, I still find Deshaun Watson to be more credible. Um, but I think it's time to have some honest conversations about what probably did happen versus what is being alleged. Um, there are now uh, 22 civil lawsuits all being run by Tony Busby and his associates against Deshaun Watson, alleging sexual assault or sexual impropriety in a civil lawsuit. And I want to make that really clear. These are attempts to get money from Deshaun Watson for something that he allegedly did inappropriate regarding his PP. Um I'm going to say I'm going to say here what I think is actually going on. There is a culture in the NBA and in the young NFL of getting involved with for lack of a better word thoughts of Instagram, okay? The young sexy honeys of Instagram, all right? These are girls who are Instagram influencers, um, you know, run-of-the-mill people who make their living off of being attractive. Correct. Uh, I'm going to tell this anecdote without any implication. I am not alleging anything happened, although I do think things did. Uh, when Harden was still a Houston Rocket, there was a girl on Instagram uh, posted some sexy photos I believe she was in Atlanta. Uh, Harden saw her and commented publicly on her on one of her lingerie photos. You know, hey, great stuff. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, very soon after that, in her like Instagram story, she uh, is getting on a plane to come to Houston. Um, I think she's even photographed at a Rockets game. Uh, and then she takes a picture of a bunch of cash stacked up on her bed in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, now listen, does that mean James Harden paid to fly her to Houston, brought her to the game, and then hung out with her and who knows what happened and gave her lots of money for it? Not specifically, um, but it's not like it sounds like either one of them are all that careful about keeping that from the public. Right. Is it outside the realm of possibility? Also, no. Yeah. Is it probably what happened? Yeah, probably is what happened. That being said, that's become a part of this young athlete culture. And I think that's a part of what Deshaun Watson was doing. I think Deshaun Watson was bringing these girls in. And I do think he was having 
sexual contact with some of them. And he's even acknowledged that he has had sexual contact with some of these accusers, but that it was consensual sexual contact. And I think the thing that he's not saying out loud is that it was agreed to for money. I'm going to fly you in. You're technically a masseuse. I'm going to fly you in and you're going to perform sexual acts on me and X amount of money is what I'm paying you for these things. Right. Um, I was talking this over with my mom and the, one of the first things she said, and it kind of surprised me, but it also is, I find it to be incredibly accurate is that for a lot of these guys, professionals are kind of their only real option because anything else potentially exposes them when it, when it becomes ex-girlfriend time, when everyone moves on. Um, and so in a lot of instances, if they're single, you know, there's a, there's a code of conduct. There's a implied silence that comes with being a professional. Um, yeah, I mean, that's an entirely fair point. One that I really didn't think of, but that is fair. They don't have the ability to just casually date, meet a girl at a bar and be like, oh, I'm Deshaun Watson. You want to hang out sometime? Like, it's not that easy for them. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the quarterbacks for one of the teams in the yeah. NFL. Do you want to hang I out? I have one of the only 32 jobs in the world that do this, and I'm worth hundreds of mil- hundreds of millions of dollars. I will personally employ probably 40 people over the next 15 years within the structure of my own organization. You want to get dinner? Um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't work that way for, for these guys. And I, I do understand that part of it. That's why I'm not actually taking the tone that, like, how dare he? But the reality is he didn't – the business didn't get handled correctly on these. And so I think, frankly, someone felt a little shortchanged, and maybe she found out she didn't get as much money. Or maybe she thought she could come back to the well and get more money. Um, and she was disappointed to find that he said, you know, hey, a deal's a deal. Not interested. And now the wheels have spun. Uh, and now we are where we are, where basically she's been able to backtrack. Whoever this you know, person may be. Between her and Tony Busby, they've backtracked and they found a lot of these girls. And now they're all together saying, well, listen, we know what happened. So, you know. This is your chance to get more money out of the deal. Um, so Tony Busby's already kind of proved himself to be the kind of guy that I uh, that I was saying he was when this broke initially. Uh, he's regarded in the in the legal community as a very good lawyer. Uh, however, I just I'm calling publicity hound on this guy. Like he just loves the headline too much. Originally, in his first press conference, he said he was going to be turning over any evidence. That, that was requested to the Houston Police Department. The Houston Police Department has already come forward and said he has turned over zero evidence. And he has now admitted he's turned over zero evidence. But now he's saying it's it's because he did a great job of tap dancing around this. But he pointed out a fact. He said, I have political rivals. He said, Art Acevedo was a political rival when I ran for mayor. So I couldn't give the facts over while he was there. Now that he's left, though, he knows that Rusty Harden has a nephew who is a high-ranking member of HPD, and therefore 
they may not be the right agency to handle these criminal complaints. I mean, like, I hate politics, okay. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, it's kind of, it feels, it's very, guy who wants attention doesn't follow through on what he says. Right, but, like, with a totally reasonable explanation. Well, and he even does a really good job in the the actual explanation where he says, I'm not trying to imply that anyone uh, lacks the integrity to protect the standards of an investigation however rather than try and find out or get into it it's just better not to do it like it's a super political answer uh well played mr Busby. it's totally it's totally busted though i i, I it is what it is i know what it is was the fbi is going to get involved and, and investigate a sexual assault like what does he think is going to happen there yeah, what what other organization are you going to report to yourself? What's right. happening? It is what it is. It's a money grab. It stays that way because no one, none of these people would pursue these charges if it if it went the other way. Because the reality is, I think they agreed to perform sexual acts for money. Um, and I think that's kind of where it ends right there with with Deshaun Watson. I think that's the problem. Is Although the statement he gave was literally awful. Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's it's ridiculous. To say now, granted, some of those comments from those girls is great because like one of them, she's a she's been in the industry of like athletics massage therapy for like 10 years. And she just flat out says she says most athletes don't use sheets, they do use towels. Uh Deshaun Watson really didn't enjoy the sheet experience, and so I told she said, I was the one who suggested that he just move over to a towel, just like most athletes do, blah, 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 blah. Um, and she said that, you know, she said, I've been working on athletes for a long time, and the particular area in question, the glute hamstring area, re- requires a lot of work for these athletic, you know, they're, that's, that's where they make their money. She's like, she's right. like, of course they need intense therapy in that region. That's where all their like. That's where a lot of the power, mobility, and speed come from for these guys. And right, the quote yeah. was great. Your butt, your butt, while also looking good, is important for power and speed. Right. This just in. So like the quote was just just in. Body is necessary to move body. Right. So while <laughs> the quote is incredibly helpful, the premise through which the quote is received is stupid. Which is, I think it's like 14 girls or 10 girls that have been massage therapists on Deshaun Watson specifically over the the last four years of his career, five years of his career. And essentially, they all say that they don't believe this happened for a second because they've had this long involved relationship with him. Um, that's not an actual defense. Um, yeah, getting people that you like to tell you things this wasn't weird at all is not really a defense of something that you did or didn't do right in fact it just looks really really bad exactly and so in that regard it's sort of a dumb defense it's it's like the worst defense i've ever heard in my life again i joked about it in the beginning but it, it really does sound like well, these people said I didn't touch them, so obviously I didn't touch these people. It's like, that's not how this works. It just isn't how it works. It's really not. But Rusty Harden, he knows his way around athletics. He's a, he's a longtime lawyer of 
sports figures with the loved and hated guys like Roger Clemens and the like. So I know he knows this industry and I know he understands that there's going to be women that they do touch and women that they don't touch. Um, but it was interesting to get it on the record from other professionals that like, uh, that stuff happens all the time. Right. Because that does lower the temperature of the conversation somewhat. Right. Um, but no, it, it doesn't exactly fill you with confidence when someone's like, here's the list of people I didn't do that to. Um, and here's the other reality. Like, These are civil lawsuits. That always has an implication. Um, you know, the girl in Utah, uh, the Kobe Bryant case, many, many years ago, she actively pursued the criminal complaint until the the state actually said, no, thank you. So for these women to do essentially the opposite, where they are actively pursuing the civil, regardless of like even helping the state build a case, tells me what I need to know about what's going on in this situation. Whether or not he did it, I don't know, but it's clearly a money grab. Right. And also, while the professional opinion is important, um, the worst defense I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's, it's definitely... He's done, he's done nothing to help his public image. That's true. That is very true. He has done very little to nothing to get out of the way of this. But I don't know that there's anything you can do Right. It's just one of those situations where he's dug himself the biggest hole he can possibly muster. Would Um, would it be help was this statement helpful? No. But is there a helpful statement to make at this point? Eh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um that being said, are we gonna do more nerd thug sports today? Mm, Probably not. Um, on behalf of little brother Nico and myself, on behalf of the Adventure Begins Comics Games and more, I do want to thank everybody for listening. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Stay tuned in. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Right now, the George Floyd trial is going on. I uh, hope, hope to see a criminal conviction out of that. That would be a big statement for things like the Black Lives Matter movement and things of that nature. And all the unrest that we had over the summer of 2020 would be a little bit of vindication for that. Um, but remember, keep getting vaccinated, wash your hands, stay clean, stay healthy. Uh, let's get rid of coronavirus and maybe let's get rid of spring breakers. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, see you guys tomorrow. Thank you. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe. That sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, the adventure begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events all those things occur at the adventure begins comics games and more interested parties should absolutely check out the facebook page for more information hi this is kevin smith former dallas cowboy texas a&m aggie as well and i want to say what's up to nerd thug 
Radio. <laughs>